0: winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon.
1: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Uh, it's got a great show for you today. I'm so excited about our location. We're here with Mr. Howard Harlan. And uh, he has an amazing collection of a lot of things, and we're going to talk about these things today and, and what he loves to collect and what he's gotten into and, and learn about him. So it's going to be a fun show. Uh, if you're listening on the radio or on our podcast, you need to go watch this one as well. A lot of our shows are fun to watch because there's a lot of things going on. So go check them out on our Facebook, on YouTube, and that kind of thing. But anyway, glad to be here with Howard Harlan and Don King is helping me co-host today. You bet. Thanks for the invite, Jason. And
0: and as you can see behind us, there are a lot of collectibles. That is about maybe a fiftieth of what this room holds. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just say that right up yes, front. it's amazing. I'm looking out at, and it's just an unbelievable collection of outdoor gear, uh, uh, just fishing equipment. Uh, gosh, boat motors. It's, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, calls, duck calls, patches
1: lures. Totem poles. I got a totem <laughs> pole behind me. It's amazing. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun show. Howard, thank you for having
2: us. Well, thank you for coming. And uh, TWRA has always been interested in supporting their members and so forth and having a warm spot in their heart. Uh, I remember us having uh, a lot of collectible shows over there in your main auditorium. Mm. and. Uh, uh, it really inspired me and a lot of us out in the neighborhood uh, to know that we had uh, your officers behind us and uh, supporting us and so forth and, and, and recognizing that the history that we have uh, in our state here for Tennessee collectibles, uh, boat motors, boats, Uh, Duck calls, fishing lures, paintings, real foot paintings, and so forth, uh, hats, paddles. I've got an affinity for paddles. I don't know why, (laughs) but I do. And uh, so I guess I, I don't want to get caught. Upriver without, without a boulder and, and 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 end up having to use a paddle. But I'd be glad to do it.
1: <laughs> well, and you even had some backup paddles there, some little mini ones I've just in case. i got some
2: miniatures for the mice to <laughs> jump ship to. So uh, we're having a good time with this, and uh,
0: and a lot of the people listening and watching. Probably remember a lot of the collectibles we were able to to bring out and show during our 49th uh, anniversary of our of That's our right. agency. That's right. And or the 50th anniversary. It was 49 to 99. That's right. And uh, Howard was so gracious and brought a lot of things. We had a mini museum up there in the lobby That's for right. uh, for a couple of months, or I guess through that whole calendar year, we did. And uh, my predecessor uh, Dave Woodward uh right. helped. Uh, accomplish a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. too
1: so uh, we really appreciate Howard's contribution during those those times and well I'm glad we got to come today so I could see some of this stuff because yeah. I missed that celebration uh, it's it's amazing uh, duck calls is one of your your big things well I make duck calls. you make them and you call them I and make they're em. award-winning and all kinds of fun well stuff.
2: I've had a lot of success with them uh, because I have put so much time and effort in it. Uh, I'm in the truck leasing business and that's what I do for a living. I don't make it making duck calls, but uh, anyway I, the the enjoyment part of it has been duck calls and uh, I have traveled all over the country. I've written several books on uh, duck calls. I've written on uh, turkey calls and uh, whistles and that sort of thing and so uh, I just enjoyed my life in the truck leasing in the duck leasing <laughs> the business you know and so uh, I've stayed in it for a long time and I'm still doing it we've got this brand new upcoming uh hunt uh at real foot coming up here in about a week or so I think mm-hmm. the early season up there and I'm yeah. looking forward to going up there on real foot and going to Katie's uh Gord, uh old Johnny Marsh blind up there and uh and enjoying the early part of the season
1: all right yeah. good yeah. deal so you're still out there doing it you're not just collecting the outdoor collectibles and things but you're still out there hunting and fishing right. and enjoying it all yes that's great In fact they
2: caught a nine pound brown uh, uh, it was due to you guys up there on the caney fork next to my farm here uh, a couple of months ago and uh, they were going on bed i think uh-huh so uh you know they're still they're doing, do, doing a great fish ashery and so forth. It's doing really well. So uh, maybe it'll be there for my great-great-grandson.
1: Yeah, that's what we work towards. Our fisheries and wildlife guys are passionate about what they do. Yep. And provide more opportunity and that's what it's all about that's
0: right so we talk about that 50 year anniversary and you know we you you get with the biologists and you get with the foresters and the land managers and stuff and they don't look at what what they're going to do next year necessarily they're looking at decades you know and Mm. planning ahead and in uh you know whether it be timber harvest or or you know trying to get a uh a good year crop of fish out there for the, the fishermen to catch. There's it's...
2: just not enough resource to satisfy everybody. Right. We try to do that. In fact, I gave uh, mine and my partner's farm up on the Caney Fork to the uh, Tennessee conservation people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we have right now uh, so many people coming down the Caney Fork canoeing, which they right. deserve to canoe just like a fisherman out here that's throwing a, a fly rod needs to do it too. Uh-huh. But it's just not enough resource yeah. to take care of the need and so forth. So I don't know what we're going to do about that, but we don't, we're going to need to do something to control it so that you've got your canoers at one particular time, and you've got your uh, the trout fisherman right. at another part of, fish- of yeah. the time, and then you have the striper fisherman at another time also. Uh-huh. And so now... Uh, I don't know how we're going to solve that need. (laughs) We can't make any more rivers, I don't think. It's come Uh up
0: in a few meetings, I'll put it that that,
2: way. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's always something. There's always... It's fun to go back and look. But my
2: life has been collecting. Yeah. And I collect books. I collect hats. Again, I tell you, I, I collect duck calls. I collect turkey calls. I collect whistles. I collect fish. I collect reels. Uh, anything that's got anything to do with our history in the past uh, from our grandfathers. Hmm. And, you know, I don't think it's that many young people now that are going out in the market and getting the experience that I got. I still have my my hunting boots right up here on the, on the top of that little... Uh, uh, Table right there, yep, yep. and and my mother saved those for me. Mm. I don't know how many mothers we've got now that would save for a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old child their hunting boots. Right. But mine did. She mm. had that much good for her sight, you know, to yeah. do that. So uh, I hope that we do get a lot of children in it, and just like in our churches and so forth, we've got children that we're training about the Lord. Right, and we need. Uh, uh, mothers and fathers training the children about hunting uh-huh. and fishing
1: yeah that without the the future generations you know it could be lost that's right yeah
0: well I think this spring is has helped out yeah, in a weird way with the with yeah. the pandemic you know yeah mm-hmm. people so, are staying at home so many people more people have gotten out. In outdoors, as opposed to out, yes. you know, in their normal routine. Yeah. Radnor
2: Lake is full. That's where oh, I walk. Yeah. That's where I walk and get my exercise. Uh huh. And you almost have to take a number, take a seat <laughs> to get in Radnor Lake. And then if you don't have your mask on over there, oh, they will chase you off the property. <laughs> oh. I bet. I
1: bet that's right. Well we uh talking about younger generations one thing question i had and I you know i think about it sometimes will the same stuff that that i have today or that are made, it's made today will it be as collectible and it's desirable 30 40 50 60 years from now or is it is it something about this era 1920s 19 you know teens and that early stuff that's that's desirable or will you think things that we see today will be as desirable
2: i don't think it will and I hate to say that because I enjoy it and love it so much, mm-hmm. but I just don't think it's going to be there.
1: What do you think makes this so this older stuff so desirable? So timeless. It's, it's, the, it's what started it all, I guess, is the way I think about it.
2: Yes, it is. And uh, people handmade a lot of stuff back mm. then. Nothing is handmade anymore. I mean, sausage is not handmade anymore. <laughs> I used to make sausage on my back porch with my daddy in Columbia, Tennessee, uh-huh. and we would had, we had a little fire going so that we could taste the sausage and find out what it needed. Uh-huh. You know, did it needed some sage or did it need something else, you know, pepper and that sort of thing. Wow. And uh, it's all done by machine now, mm-hmm. and that can't be right, but... Who am I to say it's not going to work? You know, they'll eat it and not know that it's not tasting right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's adapting. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, That's man. right. Yeah. Oh. Well, you, we were talking before the show, and you mentioned how you got started. Uh, you started carving some uh, some duck decoys. And, That's right. And you thought, man, this is too much work. Tell us that story. How did you get well, started? Well, I,
2: I picked the hardest wood in the world, one of the hardest woods, and that was uh, uh, I did uh, walnut. White walnut, and uh, I started carving in a block of wood of that, and my gosh! After <laughs> the first day, I was so sore after I came back the next door from carving and so forth that I had to, I had to slow down. So uh, <laughs> I tried that for two or three weeks, for two or three months, and uh, finally I said, "There's got to be something that I can, I can do, in, in multiples that I can do better in than carving a duck, uh-huh. or, you know." stupid duck and uh so anyway i changed over to duck calls and Mm -hmm. so from then to now i've done thousands and thousands and thousands of duck calls and i enjoy it much better because you can express yourself yourself with a duck call and you can't express yourself with a duck you know
0: (laughs) you throw it out uh, there and that's pretty much it that's that's
2: exactly right Mm -hmm. so uh I've enjoyed meeting the people that I have all over the United States and even meeting people that, that uh, I didn't know in Europe and so forth and uh, hunted all over everywhere. And there's nothing like hunting and, and taking a duck call and putting it to the air and blowing it and getting an animal to come to it, mm. wow! Uh, that's yeah. that's real power. Yep, to be able to do that, and that's what these guys do down there at Real Foot and all over the the nation, you know, tr- attracting ducks. Uh-huh. And so that's what really en- endeared me to it, mm. and I will do it for the rest of my life. And. Look forward to it.
0: You were telling us about you and your wife hit the road early on with the with the calls, right?
2: Oh yeah, we went to the shows and so forth, and we would set up with a little uh, pool ta- not a pool table. <laughs> well, sometimes we set up a pool table, <laughs> but we'd set up with a card table and put my calls out on display there and people would come by and look at it and they'd want to hear it and I'd blow it at them. And uh, So when you can take your call and put it in the air and blow it at a flight of ducks and see them turn when they hear your noise and they keep coming and they keep coming back and forth, back and forth, and they come in there. When you can do that, then you've got first of all a call that is made to work and secondly, you can eat, <laughs> and so that's what we—that's what we have done with not only my duck calls but a lot of other duck calls can can help you eat too. Mm-hmm. So that's what I enjoy about it. What's your favorite species of wood to use for a call? Coca-bola. That's a—it's a rosewood. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. from the coast of Mexico, uh, also from. Uh, some of the uh, the islands and some of the uh, shores of uh, uh, South America. Okay. It's called sea grape. Sea grape. Okay. Some of it. It's a beautiful wood. It has a very wonderful smell, and it does not absorb moisture huh. to That'd... the extent that walnut and cherry and that sort of right. thing. Right. That would does be an
0: important. From American thing too.
2: woods. Yeah. And so they last long.
0: Uh huh.
2: And so that's what I make mine in, black rosewood, which is the ivory that you see on the, uh, on the uh, uh, some of the uh, the woods that you have. And uh, it's just, uh, coca-bola is an all-around wood that does the best job of all. Well, good. By far.
1: Good. Yeah. You, you talked earlier about winning championships with these calls and interim and competitions. Tell us a little bit about that, how you... Uh, well happens. you'd
2: go on uh, for example uh, I, I, I called in uh, Stuttgart where the world championship was okay several times never won it okay uh, and uh, but uh, I also tried you know so I had a good time <laughs> yeah. and uh, we would sit in a bus a school bus and uh, we'd cut up out there you know and they finally had to to uh fire us all I think and finally it calmed us down and so forth because we were so so excited about the, the <laughs> event. And uh most people that won that event were from Arkansas. However, many of them were not uh-huh. but the majority of them were and they did a good job and so we enjoyed the test. We would go down and we'd have to win a state. <coughs> so if if you won the state you could go or a contest. You could go in the uh, in the bus and wait your turn to okay. come out there and blow your your duck on. You had to blow it a certain way, and it was really special. Uh-huh. And uh, if you messed up, then you were out. You know, and so they uh, they break it down, and they would usually be maybe fifty or so, you know, uh, people competing. Uh-huh. And uh, so I enjoyed that. All during my career, you know of doing <laughs> that i didn 't get to make it all the time but mm. but when I did, I sure enjoyed it that's yeah. neat it was great so i uh, um I think about
1: the generations that do enjoy this kind of thing how would you encourage or what would you encourage someone who wants to get into collecting how to get started or you know
2: uh, i 've you know. got i 've got uh, i 've got a lot of young people that come over here mm mm-hmm. And they want a duck call. I just had a guy call me today, just before you got here, and he lost his reed. Now, you know, when you lose your reed, you're in you're out, of, out of business yeah. completely. Yeah. And I said, well, what kind of reed was it? And he told me, so he's going to bring it over here, and I'm going to enjoy putting it back together. And uh, I made the call for him maybe 30 years ago. Oh, wow. And so uh, I make both uh, plastic reed and I make metal reed. Mm. But the majority of mine are plastic reed. And so I still enjoy the guys come in here and they walk up there to that landing right there and they look out over here and they see all (laughs) of this hunting and fishing and drums and walking canes and fishing poles and reels and knives and minnow buckets. Yeah, if you want to see... about, uh, well, let's see. I've got more minted buckets than you've ever seen in your life.
0: I, I, I agree. So come, I, I totally agree <laughs> come with that. Come see my minted yeah.
2: buckets. If uh, you have any old duck calls that you don't know what they are, come see me. I huh. might be able to help you. Yeah. They might be worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm. Or they may be worth $5. You know, so yeah. you don't ever know until you see. I don't know all the answers, but I know a lot of them.
1: <laughs> so the way to get started is to come, come see Howard. Exactly, <laughs> he get right. you started. He knows. That's
2: right. I'll show you about motors, antique motors. Uh, got I've a got couple a couple pretty ones behind us. Here. Yeah, yeah, I've got a pad. Well, I've got two uh, uh, Starcrafts here behind us is my newel post on my on my uh, steps to go up the stair. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, I've got a lot of. Uh, Indian artifacts, I've got a lot of knives. I don't have any guns anymore. They're practically all gone. I might have one under my holster. (laughs) But, but, uh, you know, the lecture's not over with. I might have to have one. Oh. Well,
1: speaking of the motors, I look over here and see this uh, electronic paddle. Uh, Yeah. It's not gas-powered. It's a paddle, and it has a a prop. That's Uh,
2: right. It's electric. It's got a big cable on it. Long like before you see. Time. Yeah, like you see coming off your battery. And you connect it to them. It's two two uh, cables and collect it to them and then put this paddle on the transom of the boat, of a small fishing boat, and it's got a propeller on the end of it, <laughs> on the end of the paddle. Yeah. Now, I've never seen that before. And so you steer it so by that's the, ultimate, the paddle. That's the ultimate paddle right there. It's got a motor on it. it mm. You know Made 1925.
1: Wow
2: on display
1: nineteen twenty five and then I'm just looking at a nineteen twenty three Evan It's amazing the technology difference than the in the you know, the way they look there you've got well, the, they the, were
2: mostly brass and copper, and a lot of the metal buckets are copper and brass mm. uh, and it's just a. Uh, you know, it's my man cave, and I would share it with anybody <laughs> as long as they knock on the door.
1: <laughs> got to knock first, right? Now,
2: if they don't knock on the door and they try to come on the side door, that's when my pistol comes <laughs> out. <on. laughs>
1: oh man! Well, I, I, I saw some of the uh, some of the agency collectibles, and and uh, you said you had yeah, I've got,
2: le- I've got I've uh, got all states. Uh, yeah, the of uh, uh, the game, but game warden badge. So all fifty states, you've all got a badge from each. All fifty states, I've got a, one of each. Is it a certain year period or a period of time? Oh, no, or? no, they go all the way from the turn of the century mm-hmm. on up to the last one. Okay. You know. Yeah. And so I'm still collecting them. They're great collectibles, you know, uh, and uh, all the buttons that uh, Tennessee TWRa produced over the
1: the years, yeah, because that used to be a lot. Li- your license was a button, oh, right? Oh yeah,
2: and there were different colors. Mm. <coughs> and uh, you know, TWRA created their own collectibles. Mm. So many of them. Yeah. And I know that some of your your uh, members, uh, some of your employees, collect. You know the stuff mm-hmm. that they 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 had that. Back then too. Uh, See, now for,
1: you've got the collectible hard card. <laughs> That's
2: right. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you can yep. get those
2: today. Every
0: year, a couple of new, yeah, new yeah. ones exactly. get issued, and
2: yeah. And I collected the guns that they had. Mm. You know, different, yeah. different guns that they had. I don't have any more of them, but I've traded them off. Mm-hmm. You know, since I've had them. But uh, there's a lot of history in Tennessee, and it's a lot of stuff that people need to to watch and look at and and realize if they do come to see me. Uh, I'll be happy to show them whatever uh, they could look for Mm -hmm. to uh, start a collection of whatever.
1: Yeah, you have just about whatever right here. (laughs) I bet you've mentored
0: many a collector over the years, you? Well,
2: I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it, and I hope to live long to, to do it again.
1: So, you, you say you like to hunt and fish as well? That's not, oh, yeah. You're not I'm a, a deer hunter. A stranger to that. What's one of your favorite, most memorable trips out in the woods?
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
1: I put you on the spot.
2: Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, your friend Ray Bell, who was head of the agency, I think, former commissioner, yeah. former commissioner, uh-huh. uh, who the who the building over there is named after mm-hmm. and I were hunting on a piece of private property and the most memorial memorial thing that I had happen was we had we went got up to a wire fence. And so Ray, it was early in the morning, just daybreak, we were going goose hunting. And Ray climbed the fence And got up on top of it and got to balance it on it. (laughs) Back and forth. Back and forth. I said, be careful, Ray. Be Uh. careful. Be careful. And all of a sudden, he slipped and fell on his posterior. Uh. (laughs) Well, as things will have it, I looked down and he had a pair of khaki pants on like I've got on right now. And he had a large object in the right back seat pocket and it was brandy (laughs) (laughs) and it busted completely open and oh did I hear whining Hollering and this, that, and the other, and Uh glass breakage and so forth. Oh, man. Well, I don't mean to be talking about my good friend who has departed, but he would have wanted me to. (laughs) So he always took that brandy with him in the goose blind to heat up his minerals. Yeah. And stay warm, right? And they (laughs) stayed warm the entire day. (laughs) Not that day, because he had to go to... Camden to an emergency service or something because oh, he had a lot of glass that was wow. that was causing him all kind of problems. So I hate to be talking about a former commissioner, but <laughs> you asked me, and so I told you.
1: Yeah. Well, there it is. Well, t- uh, tell me this one. We always ask this question a lot of times. Uh, who introduced you to the outdoors and got you started? My daddy. And what was that like? What was that first trip like? Do you remember? It? Well, I had my boots on, and that's them yep, right, up, yep, right up there. What right. did your mom save for the you? The
2: little mm-hmm. bitty boots, about this, about this tall. And uh, I was so excited. This particular hunt was a rabbit hunt.
1: Mm. Well, a lot of people start.
2: So yeah. we went out, and they—I had a little bit BB gun. Mm-hmm. That's all I had was a BB gun because I wasn't old enough to have anything else. So my daddy took me around. This briar patch, and lo and behold, there was a little hole in that end of that briar patch. He said, "Now you climb up into there, and you sit down, and you look either way, and you take your BB gun and cock it, and be sure that you are looking, because that rabbit, when we turn these beagles out, are going to start chasing it." So sure enough, I heard this beagles, and there was three or four of them. And they slapped down the gate on the pickup truck, let the box open, and they went out. And they went past me, not in the path, but past me and all the way back around. And they came all the way back (laughs) around. And I'm sitting there, and I I know he's that way, but I don't know where. So I turn like this, and all of a sudden I look up, and this rabbit is running right, down that path. Oh wow. (laughs) Toward me. (laughs) I didn't know what else to do. I shot in the air. I didn't kill the rabbit. (laughs) But that rabbit did come where he told it would. And so that made the difference to me and that was my first hunt and I never will forget it. Oh
1: man, that's great. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. I think we could be here for hours on hours and and we'd have
2: to go get some beer.
1: <laughs> you know, we'd have to be here a while. Right. We'd be here a while. Oh man! Well, I appreciate you welcome, welcoming us into your home uh, and showing us around and letting us see this cool stuff. And uh, we may have to come back sometime. And you come do on this back, again. buddy. Thank you so It'll much. It'll still Howard. be
2: here, probably.
1: <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. So well, great.
2: I enjoyed y'all being here, and I I tell you what, I really enjoy is that you guys appreciate it. You know, you guys couldn't be more than twenty or thirty years old. Yeah, not not much more. Uh, you know, and uh, y- y'all can uh, enjoy this. You know, and and all these young people out there that don't know what to do, tell them to pick up a, a rifle and get somebody to help them. Exactly. And train them and go to the TWRA and they'll shoot them, teach, teach them how to shoot. And, yeah. And they have a service that'll do that. And you need to do that instead of standing out on the street
1: that's right there you go you heard it here get outdoors and go hunting and fishing mr howard Harlan. we thank you for having us and uh, we thank you all for tuning in thank you for watching and listening and we'll see you next time on tennessee wildcast
0: thanks for tuning in stay connected with twra by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on facebook twitter and instagram Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.